Before we get started, if you're enjoying this content, you can do us a favor by subscribing to our YouTube channel and ringing the bell. That'll let the algorithm know that you like this content and it will help us produce more. Many startup founders are guilty of is they obsess over a solution. It's like you have the hammer and then you start looking for a nail. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. Today, I am being joined by the wonderful Amith, the CEO of Rich Panel. They are a customer service software for e-commerce and direct consumer brands. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Chase. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited to dive in and chat here. Um, so first and foremost, let's just kind of like talk a little bit about the, the product just so people can kind of be aware of, uh, of kind of the problems that your solution exists to solve just so they can have a little bit of context for the rest of the conversation. Absolutely. So, so you know, at Rich Panel, we we have a unique vision about customer service. Uh, the whole product is about uh, we, we believe like the best customer service is no service, and contacting customer service is never a pleasant experience. If you have uh, tried to contact any of the airlines or e-commerce brands, uh, it's it's not a pleasant experience. And uh, all the existing help desk players out there. Are we believe are doing it the wrong way, the old way, where they believe in like hiring a bunch of agents, uh, training them about various situations, you know, and and uh, buying like help desk seats for them. But we believe that the future of customer service is going to be product led, and a great example of that is what Amazon has done with their my account section. So in Amazon, you know, I must have bought like hundred orders in the last twelve months, and I've never contacted them even once. Because I'm able to like do returns, do exchanges. Even if I, you know, forgot to apply a coupon code, they they have a flow uh, which which allows me to edit the order and you know re-enter that coupon code. Uh, so that's our vision. We want to like bring that Amazon level automation to cust- of customer service to other e-commerce brands, so that their agents can focus on visitors which have a high intent of purchase and and convert more visitors. Awesome. That's a great vision and, and a great product goal to have in mind. So, how did you end up here? You know, uh, I'm assuming Rich Panel wasn't your first foray into tech and into e-com. So, kind of, what was your journey like, and how did you kind of end up as the CEO? I actually took my first job in in a tech company that used to service uh, e-commerce clients. Uh, I got the opportunity to work with some very large e-commerce brands like Bed Bath and Beyond, Wayfair, Staples. Uh, Home Depot and all my learnings about e-commerce came from there. I, I I I worked at that company for about five years. Worked on some very critical tech projects uh, with these companies, and that's where uh, you know my my mind was always exploding with ideas. I knew I I want to do my own thing, uh, but you know the close vicinity of working with these brands exposed me to some problems, and we finally picked a problem that was exciting enough, uh, and we thought there is a big big enough market for this. Uh, so that's that's how Rich Panel was born. Absolutely. Do you remember what the uh, the MVP of the product was? Uh, yeah, yeah, we we do. So uh, honestly speaking, I'm not allowed to use the word copy, but uh, you know my designers and product team prefers the word inspired. You know, so that uh, they don't feel like we ripped off anything else. But uh, the MVP was actually 
creating what Uber has done in their help center. Um, I'm not sure if you've if you've ever tried the help center of Uber, but they've done a fantastic job. The other day, like I forgot my jacket in in uh, that was not Uber, that was actually Lyft. But I forgot my jacket, and all I had to do was like go in the help center, click on like you know forgot an item. They asked me to describe the item. They calculate the distance because the driver had already left and said that if the driver confirms that they have this item, then it'll be like a fifteen dollar to book a reverse trip. So I did that. And 30 minutes later, uh, you know, I got a call at the reception, hotel reception that somebody has left your jacket there, which I think is like beautiful. Because if you look at the volumes that these ride sharing apps get, it's like, you know, 10,000 people are forgetting their phones and laptops and belongings in, in the cab every day. So you would need like a call center of like 200 people just to handle this one situation. And that's the genius of uh, these products, they they can afford to put like 100 engineers uh, on automating each and every scenario. But for others, uh, you have something like Rich Panel where you can get that same level of capability, but get it in like less than 15 minutes. So the MVP was, you know, similar to that. It was like a, uh, you know, issue tree with, with like, like it was like type form, right? It was like a bunch of issue trees. You, you fill in a bunch of conditional forms and then it's able to take actions on behalf of the customer without involving support agents. Absolutely. Do you have any examples of some like uh, traditional uh, issue workflows that you guys had solved earlier on? Sure. Actually, the way we designed the whole thing is it's like a no code. When I say no code, I mean literally zero code, uh, you know, support automation tool. So you can go in there and, you know, automate anything under the sun from like product recommendations to returns to exchanges to, you know, even even a flow like damaged item, uh, which could be like semi-automated. Lots of brands, they want to like see the picture, uh, you know, collect details as to what exactly was damaged, was the packaging damaged, uh, if it was like a, you know, health or nutritional product, then was it spilled because they have to do some reporting and analytics around what went wrong. And then you can have the user even upload a picture, which then goes for manual verification and then, uh, you know, whatever action you can take based on that. So all of these flows you can create like in you know we could have we could have gone live uh, through the length of this uh, podcast we can go live like three times that's that's how easy it is that's fantastic so um what's the journey been like building kind of a saas business i'm always talking to founders and uh, people that are building e-commerce businesses but i feel like you know building a saas business is a little bit different so can you uh can you remember back uh, in any kind of milestones where you're like wow we're really onto something here Hmm. I think, uh, you know, we, we started and I've, I would always recommend founders to do the same. Like if you're very new into like the startup world or the tech world, then, uh, you know, absorb and consume all the literature there is by, by like a few people. Like I follow Y Combinator and I made, uh, myself and my entire team consume every blog post, every video, every literature that was out there by Y Combinator because, uh, you know, they're really the authority when it comes to building like a zero to one business and keep your focus on fundamentals and not get distracted by vanity metrics. Um, so I think that was really critical in like helping us or guiding us. Uh, when I started and y, YC was one thing and then I also had like a lot of friends which had uh, made it quite big in the SaaS world. So, they, you know, I I took some of them as my mentors and uh, whatever possible mistakes uh, 
one could be making, we made all of them. So we're guilty of making like all mistakes. Uh, but that never stopped us because as long as we were realizing the mistakes that we were making, that was progress for us. If, if you know, somebody's logically telling you why this is the wrong way of doing things and we realizing it, yes, we feel stupid, but we also feel happy about uh, having realized that mistake and moving on to the next thing. So our philosophy from day one has been like, you know, uh, you know, fail fast, learn fast. And, and that's been like very fundamental. Uh, and yeah, my, my advice to like all founders is to go through the YC application process. Even if you don't make it through, it would, uh, even the, even by filling the questionnaire, it will make you answer some very honest questions and you will see like, Hey, I need to know the answers to these like very clear cut answers. If, if, you know, I want to crack it or I want to make it big. One of the biggest problems that all startup founders or many startup founders are guilty of is they obsess over a solution. It's like you have the hammer and then you start looking for a nail. Uh, but the best way to start a business is obsess over the problem. Forget the solution you have. Forget the ingenious idea you have. Just just, just set it aside. Focus on the problem. See if it's big enough. If it's if if there is a gap and people are willing to pay for it. And then, you know, put put all your energies in coming with the perfect solution. That's 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 my advice for at least the zero to one stage. Oh no, that's fantastic advice. Uh, two things there that resonated with me. Uh, the first being is, uh, you know, when we made mistakes, which we made a few, uh, you were happy about it. You know, you weren't getting discouraged. And I think a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs get kind of caught up in this not making choices and the analysis paralysis, and which is just the worst thing ever. And I, I really want everyone out there to realize like it doesn't really matter what choice you make. It's not going to bankrupt your business. It's not going to put you out of business. A series of terrible choices will, for sure. But every single individual decision will not do that. Um, and just making a decision is oftentimes 10 times more impactful than like waiting for the perfect decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a CEO that I follow and he his advice uh, to us was, uh, you know, there are far more deaths uh, by inaction uh, than taking the wrong decisions. So there are too many startups that fail by not acting uh, than startups that made the wrong decision. So so I agree with that advice. Absolutely. And then the second thing that you kind of ended on was uh, focus and be obsessed with the problem. And I've heard that not only from SaaS founders, I've heard that from direct consumer brand founders as well, is they really didn't set out to build a product and you know sell a product and, and and build this brand but what they did is they set out to solve a problem for themselves and they they got obsessed with it and they learned that the solution really didn't exist anywhere out there and they stumbled upon a, a market and a business and now they've got a really successful uh you know business going there so it it, it is so true um you you said it before like you said if you if all you have is a hammer everything's a nail and that's kind of like something that always gets me annoyed in this industry is like you'll see people that are saying that my solution is the only solution that's out there for this problem and that's like the worst way to think about it because every business is unique every solution is unique every problem is unique um there's a lot of similarities out there but you can be people ask me all the time should i build this on shopify or should i build this on something else and i'm like i don't know like I need a little bit more information here and i tell a lot of people all the time be like that would be a terrible thing to do to build on shopify even though it's got the best marketing out there everyone's thinking about it top of mind like it might not be the best solution for you and you always want to use the best tool for the job absolutely i agree so uh let's talk a, a bit more about the types of brands that uh your solution works best for uh you know are they 
in certain kind of like product verticals or a certain stage in their business? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think uh, you know, rich funnel becomes very essential for brands with at least a couple of million dollars in revenue. Uh, and we we also have customers, you know, with with hundreds of millions in uh, revenues. So the bigger you get, the more prominent this problem will become, because you know you'll have to keep on hiring more people. Uh, the unit economics will not look healthy uh, because you're you're just hiring like a bunch of people to do redundant, repetitive stuff, and it's not a great job for them either. So uh, as you grow, this problem becomes very evident. You want a standard standardized service that goes to all you can always segment it like even within rich panel you can have like a different return policy for people with with a high lifetime value and a different return policy for people with like a lower lifetime value uh, i remember uh, you know just recently contacting uh, one of one of the uh, e-commerce brands without like naming them and we bought like all our office laptops from them we bought like all our accessories from them so it's like you know you know, fifty thousand dollars worth of purchase uh, over over our lifetime, and I remember like one of the cords came faulty, and I said like I would like an exchange, and this support rep, you know, agreed to like send me a replacement, but she made it sound like such a big deal, like you know, as a one time exception, I'm doing this, uh, you know, for you know, don't do it again, and all of that, and I felt like, hey, you know, like look at my history, you know, I'm not I'm not here trying to get like a twenty dollar or rip you off for like twenty dollar cord. But look at my history. So customers do expect to be treated differently. And that's something that you can uh, do inside of Richmana. Like you can create those segments and have different kind of customer service to different segments. But at the end of the day, you want to standardize that experience. You want to be available 24 by 7. We've also seen some customers, like brands spend a shit ton of money in acquisition and perfect creatives and uh, you know, founders are not very focused on customer service uh, and and I don't blame them for it because all their energies are going on revenue generating activities like campaigns, influencers, things like that. And customer service is one area where they have a leaky bucket because if you look at any e-commerce brand, 50% of orders result in a support ticket, which, which by the way is a terrible metric to live by. Like 50%, if you get 100 orders, they get 50 tickets. So 50% of the people are going to run into some kind of a problem. How you deal with that problem is going to determine whether they buy again or not from them. So this is a big leaky bucket that a lot of brands overlook. And we want to come in the picture and say like, hey, you know, all people are going to get like 24 by 7 service. They'll be able to like, you know, automatically resolve like 60, 70% of the issues. Only 20 to 30 will make it to the agent. So this is this is like, you know, one very good value proposition. And even if you look at like certain situations where I place an order, I make a mistake, it's Saturday and, you know, you, you're not providing customer service on like weekends. So I write back to you saying like, okay, you know, I made a mistake. I want to change the order. Guess what? You know, firstly, I don't get a response. And this is very common. I get a response directly on Monday saying like, hey, too late. We've already shipped the order. And that's very frustrating because you're penalizing me for you know, making a mistake and you're like, oh, you'll just have to return it. And I'm like, hey, I don't want to waste like 10, 15 days for a mistake that I did because I wrote you within five minutes and the brand could not accommodate that request. If you're using something like Rich Panel, you'll be able to fix it immediately. You'll be able to do the order edits uh, based on certain rules or logic you send. So I think it's too basic that a lot of brands miss out on and that's where they, they lose to, uh, you know, bigger companies like Wayfair and Amazon because they have these capabilities. And we want to give D2C brands like a level playing field where they can offer that same level of capabilities like Amazon. 
Oh yeah, that's fantastic. And, and so um, to that example that you just spoke to about a brand not having a customer service agent available on the weekend, uh, would uh, a solution like yours, how does that solve that problem? You know, they still they still don't have a customer service rep. So do these automations and these flows help to resolve some of those more common issues? Yes, 100%. So, you know, you can typically when an e-commerce customer, actually, I, I would say any business, uh, would get like, you know, most of the support tickets are repetitive. You know, people are not contacting you complaining about their girlfriend problems, right? They're contacting you about something that went wrong with your website, something that went wrong with your policy, right? Something got broke. They're not contacting you to chit chat. So you got to like first step whenever we onboard any customer in Rich Panel, the first step is, you know, like a pattern analysis. Why are customers contacting you in the first place? Like, let's break it down, right? Could that contact be avoided? Could that contact be avoided? And you'll find like, okay, for 70 to 80%, it can be avoided. So you design flows to automate those flows and you deploy it. And it's like having an army of agents available 24 by 7 because it's all programmatic. You've created an interface and people can go and like resolve those issues. Uh, and you can only funnel the 20, 30% semi-automated or you know, where, where a human agent is really needed, a conversation is needed, only those be funneled uh, to the support agents. So yeah, it's it's 24 by 7 and all these issues can be resolved by the end customer. Yeah, and that's a fantastic call because it's like almost to the 80-20 rule. It's like a lot of your customer support inquiries are going to be the same problems over and over. And there's the same solution over and over. And you can start to build out those workflows and start to solve for them. Or, you know, maybe to solve for them before it even has to be a customer support issue. Uh, that's something that we do all the time at the agency is we look at customer support issues and find out how can we make this not even an issue anymore, fix the experience on the website, fix the messaging, fix the communication. Because um, a perfect example here is sometimes uh, we work with clients where there's a bit of a lead time on certain products because they're custom. They do a terrible job of explaining like, it's going to take us a week to make this and then we're going to, sh you know what I mean? So it, like just a simple email to let people know that like this is, you bought a custom product. This is going to take a little bit longer. It's going to ship out next week. You probably just mitigated a hundred emails a month, right? Depending on your size. Um, so uh, I guess where I'm going at with this roundabout thing is because CRO is always top of mind for me is like a wealth of information can be found from all of your customer support requests and getting and talking having your you know development team and your CRO team and your like talking to those customer service reps finding the words right out of your customer's mouth of what's wrong with your website or the communication you start to solve for those and you're going to watch your tickets go down your conversions go up and it's going to be fantastic i cannot agree more in fact you know, a lot of the founders I speak with, they're like, man, like, you know, why, why should I care? So what if they have to write an email? So what if they have to, uh, you know, uh, you know, do a live chat to get their issue resolved? And I'm like, you know, put yourself in the shoes of the customer. Like, would you uh, want to do that? Because your best customers are the ones which which have good paying jobs. They're busy. You cannot expect them to spend 15 minutes of their time in resolving an issue that could have been avoided in the first place. So, and, and if you look at one of the very interesting stats, Gartner did a study in like last year uh, with like thousands and thousands of respondents where they said like, if a customer contacts you uh, and speaks with customer service, then they're four times likely to become a disloyal customer than a customer that never contacts you. Uh, people, people love to do business where their time is respected and where it's hassle-free. Uh, you know, we don't go to Amazon for... 
discount shopping anymore. That was like 10 years back, right? Like Amazon is the cheapest. Now you go to Amazon because it's the most convenient. Uh, they have my address. They have my payment information saved. Uh, you know, any any issue that I run into after making an order, I have confidence that it will be, you know, it will probably be like one of the self-service options. That's why I go to them. So your best customers are the ones where their time is precious. They don't care about discounts and you need to respect their time to earn their business and earn their loyalty. Absolutely. Now, Amit, if I am curious about the product that you've been talking about so highly today, you know, where should I go? What should I do? It's very simple. So, you know, practice what we preach. So you can sign up for Rich Panel without having to speak with salespeople. All you go is like go on like www.richpanel.com and, you know, create a free account, answer a bunch of questions and you will literally have uh, uh, Amazon like customer experience or customer service on your store in like less than 15 minutes. Uh, you can obviously build on it, make it, you know, more and more customized, but you will have like a customer interface that looks like Amazon's My Account section. You'll have like a help desk, which gives you like all channels, all customer context in one place. So it's a, it's a win-win for your customers and agents, and you can sign up for yourself. You also have a free plan to start with. Uh, so it will help you like get started before you decide to like, you know, make a purchase. Absolutely. Now, is there anything I forgot to ask you about that you think would resonate with our audience? I can't think of anything. Absolutely. I mean, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all those insights about customer service. Uh, it was a lot to think about and I enjoyed the conversation a lot. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, Chase. Thanks for having me. All right. I can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own business. You can find all the links in the show notes. Make sure you head over to honestecommerce.co to check out all of the other amazing content that we have. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And obviously, if you're thinking about growing your business, check out our agency at electriceye.io. Until next time.